Welcome back to Titans of Customer Engagement, a customer experience podcast by Koros. We're so excited to have Koros Titan Jeff Shirtliff on the show. Jeff is the business applications manager and developer at RSA, who lives by the mantra, your community is only as good as its content. This is a great episode hosted by Natanya Anderson, VP of Customer Solutions at Koros. So stick around and enjoy the conversation. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Um, so one of the things I like to ask everybody as we get started in this process is uh, tell us a little bit about you and your role today, but more importantly, tell us a little bit about how you got here. I've, I've found that the journey that we all take in, in the CX and CX world often can be a, a little unexpected. So I'd love to know what you do and how you got there. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, my path is uh, pretty strange. I actually joined the company I'm with now uh, about a decade ago as a technical support engineer doing Portuguese support. So I lived in Brazil for a couple of years, long time ago. And so I was hired on to be able to support our Brazilian customers. And so, uh, yeah, I actually worked in that for, for quite a while. And uh, I then became kind of a subject matter expert in a specific technology that we had. And so from there, I, I really fell in love with our knowledge base. So I was part of, at that time, part of the company EMC, which is now owned by Dell. And yeah, I was supporting one of their enterprise storage uh, division teams. And so, yeah, in that, I was incredibly impressed with the knowledge base that EMC had and still has. And so I just really fell in love with creating articles and documenting processes and basically making my life easier because then people were able to refer to those articles mm-hmm. rather than escalating to me. Right. And <laughs> yep. yeah. And so, so I, I was so in love with that, but then I, you know, I, my main goal was to eventually jump over into cybersecurity because that's what my degree is in. And so EMC had a division called RSA, which is a, their cybersecurity division or was. And so I jumped over there as soon as I could doing technical support over there. But I came across their knowledge base and was fairly disheartened because it was in need of repair, let's just say. You know, you'd find articles that were written in lime green font and, you know, four different colors. And it it was just, (laughs) it was kind of (laughs) gross. And so I kind of took it upon myself at that point, like, okay, I'm obviously going to do my day job, but I'm going to clean this thing up because... You, you know, I don't want customers yeah. seeing it, especially. So, so yeah, I, I just primarily did that. I kind of, e- even in my spare time, I would create little trainings on best practices, just kind of like, hey guys, let's do this better and make the quality mm-hmm. better. And eventually, you know, management saw that and they actually promoted me to knowledge manager for the customer support organization. So, you know, my primary, my primary focus was on the knowledge base and making it look good and everything. And it was at that point that I was approached and told that the extremely old and antiquated support portal that we had was finally going to get an upgrade and that we were going to merge it with a community on a platform known as Jive. And so we mm-hmm. ended up jumping over to the the Jive platform. I became in charge of the migration and having to migrate our old community that was part of the EMC Dell Mm-hmm. ecosystem into the new one and yeah it was actually a really cool experience i mean we of course hit our 
you know, fair share of headaches, but overall it went really well. And then a few years later, you know, as I built up my team, I became in charge of both the community as kind of a community manager and the knowledge base, of course. So I had mm-hmm. essentially a team of community managers and a team of knowledge managers who would help with the articles. And, you know, then at that point, Jive did become end of life. And so we made the jump over to Koros. And so, yeah, we've been, you know, in love with the platform and, you know, our company has gone through a lot of changes recently. We uh, split off from Dell and became independent. And so, you know, the last year has been pretty wild. And that, yeah, not only that, but we made the decision that, hey, if we're splitting off, we may as well split off into kind of almost sub-companies, more business units, where we now have three, well, rather four uh, very distinct business units. And it was the decision was made, let's have a community for all of them. So over the last year, my job has primarily been slicing and dicing our community into three separate communities. So we now have, now have three separate Koros instances, one for each of those big business units. So that's pretty much where I am today. I'm now, I, I've kind of stepped into a higher role. I'm now a business applications manager. So I now manage our communities as well as some of the sister sites that are customer facing. And that's what brings me to today. Oh, wow. Now that's a journey, right? I, I think it's, I, you know, but what, what I love about it is I, I feel like it, it illustrates in your personal journey, sort of the way that we've thought about moving into knowledge management and self-service. And there's this maturation in all of that, right? Um, around the role that something like a community plays inside of an organization like yours. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, right? It, it's clear since since you've been doing this for a little while uh, inside your organization and you went from you're breaking up into three communities and, and growing. Um, it sounds like your organization is, is supportive of community, but I'm sure that there are folks inside of it who may not understand or who may wonder, you know, is this a nice to have versus something that's mm-hmm. mission critical? And, and how do you help people inside your organization understand the value of the work that you and your team do and, and really sort of tell that story of the power of community inside your business? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. And I mean, it does take a, a lot of evangelizing, really promoting the community. And, you know, that's been something that I've been trying really hard to do. I've been lucky to really uh, get some buy-in from our executives in the company. And that's been incredibly important. I feel like if the executives understand and believe in the cause, then that will trickle down into the organizations and into the individual employees and also, of course, to our customers. And so, you know, what we've been really trying to do and really stress is, number one, trying to show how the community has been important, primarily through metrics, Mm -hmm. analytics, and, you know, mostly focused around case deflection because and proactive mm-hmm. support because that's what we're really trying to drive is how do we get customers to get their their uh, issues resolved before they actually have to pick up the phone and call customer support and so mm-hmm. you know we'll measure through you know the TSIA metrics of you know what how many knowledge base article views equates to one deflected case and all of that and be able to provide that uh, in a, an executive summary to our you know our business unit leaders and our executives and that's been really helpful but uh, on top of that, we've we've kind of adopted a mantra that we've been really trying to promote across the company, which is the community is only as good as its content. And so, you know, that's been something that we, you know, it's 
almost a chant. We say it at least a few different times a week on different <laughs> meetings where, you know, we're basically trying to say, hey, you know what? It takes a village to get the knowledge base or excuse me, the uh, community, well, and the knowledge base mm-hmm. up and worth it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we want our customers and we want even our employees, our partners, et cetera, to come to the community, but they're not going to come and they're not going to use it if there's no content to help them. So, you know, we've really been trying to stress that, number one, it's not just a community manager and moderator responsibility, but it's, hey, let's bring in customer support. Let's have them participate in the forums and answer questions, create knowledge base articles. But not only the support organization, that's what we've been trying to really stress, too, is it's not just customer support even that has to manage the community. You know, we have seen really great success really trying to promote the uh, community to our uh, professional services teams and our mm, pre-sales mm-hmm, teams mm-hmm. and marketing and saying, hey, come in and write a blog post about some really cool stuff that our software does. Or, you know, hey, do you have any cool experiences that you can share? Obviously leaving out, you know, customer names and whatnot, but uh, anything cool you can share because, uh, you know, the knowledge, we want to make sure our knowledge base and our community are not just kind of the break fix, but are more hey, here's some cool stuff that we do, you know, and kind of get them Mm -hmm. excited about actually using the software. So Mm -hmm. the more we've been bringing in various folks, that's been really helping to promote just the the community in general. Mm -hmm. Oh, I bet so. And, and creating the robustness of experience and, and um, ultimately I would suppose then getting your community participants to have more of a reason to come back Mm -hmm. beyond the break fix and, and really creating this concept of community, right. Beyond, beyond a knowledge base, it sounds like is, is where you're going. Exactly. Yep. Exactly that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I wonder, uh, sounds obviously moving into multiple communities from one is it is its own project, but, but beyond that, are there other new and exciting things you've been doing in your community to help fit it into, to what you're doing in the Mm -hmm. business more broadly? Um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, we've been trying to kind of figure out uh, how to basically streamline the different processes of getting content out there and also getting content looked at by employees where where needed. So, you know, for the first one, the uh, getting content out there, we've been working really hard to integrate our knowledge base within Salesforce, where our support mm-hmm. engineers live, into the community. So we've actually built a an integration, a two-way integration between those, where our support engineers, they create all of their knowledge in Salesforce, and then they have their approval processes and, you know, their uh, vetting and whatnot over there. Once they submit it, the article gets created in Koros in the community to to match, and then whenever they make any updates back or forth, it keeps them in sync from there. So that's been really huge because then we're able to basically, you know, it, we we found it was a little hard to say, hey, go work on this support case with a customer, and then jump over to this other platform and create a content, you know, a, a knowledge article about it or mm-hmm. or whatnot. So having them in the same platform where they can basically do that all within the same area has been huge. And then of course they're able to turn around and promote that article, the customer facing side from the community to our customers. So, so that's, that's what we've been trying to do to get the content out there. What we've also been trying to do is, for example, we're really trying to leverage the idea exchange. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. And, and so we've been looking at that and trying to, you know, what we want to avoid is having a black hole. 
right? Having people submit right. ideas and just, right. you know, even if they get a bunch of votes, it's just like, man, like, are they ever going to look at this thing? And so, <laughs> uh, well, you know, we've looked at a bunch of different ways to do that. And what we ended up doing was building a few different integrations through the API where we actually basically monitor uh, metrics that aren't normally metrics that are watched. So for example, uh, we will look at votes, but then we'll actually dig in and say, how many of these votes came from customers? How many of these votes are from the same company? Because uh, sometimes you have a company that has, you know, 15 or 16 or uh, 20 different employees, they'll create something and say, hey, everybody go vote for it. And then you know, it, it kind of skews the numbers a little bit sometimes because they're kind of gaming the system. <laughs> and so what we want to do is make sure that we are focusing our efforts and priorities on, on things that multiple customers are asking for. So we'll monitor mm -hmm. those. And then we've also set up kind of a, uh, almost like a water bucket situation. Like if you mm -hmm. ever go to the water parks, they have those water buckets that fill up slowly with water and then dump on your head mm -hmm. after they get full. So it's, yep. it's kind of like that where we, we monitor these votes, and as soon as they hit a certain level of threshold, and we have them set up by label or category, so certain categories have to have more votes. But once they reach a certain threshold, we actually automate creating a JIRA ticket or sending an email to our product management team and saying, hey, this thing is ready to incubate. So oh, that's wow. actually been really, really helpful to get the... Uh, you know, get what the hot topics in front of our product management team so they can prioritize those in the roadmap. Right. Oh, wow. Both of those things I think are, um, are so interesting. And, and what stands out to me is this recognition that in order to get people to, to internal people mm -hmm. to participate in the community when community is not their job, you almost have to take the community to them, right? Like <laughs> exactly. how, do, how do we take the community to support engineers and Salesforce? How do we take the community um, to product management via JIRA? And mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's been my experience as I, I look at customers who've been in community for a while and, and start to build really successful communities. These are the kind of motions that I've seen, right? Which is, which is we need community to become part of the, the fiber of our business. But as is true with also customers, just because you build it doesn't mean they're going to come. So how do you take community to them? <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, then it kind of works both ways is they realize, oh, well, the community is feeding me all this stuff. Mm -hmm. What else is in the community? And it kind of sends them back there. And, that, and that's what we've seen is the more we it, it's almost like it helps the community promote itself for us. You know, the more mm -hmm. a community gets mm -hmm. in front of people, they're like, man, there's some cool stuff coming out of here. Let's go check out what else is there. And and that's what's been driving getting the other organizations to actually look at it and then subscribe to stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm always so fascinated when I'm talking to somebody who's newer to community as an organization and they'll say, it seems like there's just so much that you can do with mm -hmm. community. And of course the answer is yes, there is. Mm -hmm. And helping figure out how to eat that elephant one bite at a time, right? You oh, don't totally. have to do everything, every integration, every customization, every time, but being pretty intentional like you've been about what's important to us as a business, right? How are we getting knowledge, mm -hmm. right? Content content uh, being king and all of that, or how are you utilizing the input in your business? And it sounds like you've had taken a really sort of intentional approach to, to what you want to do with the community and instead of trying to boil the ocean. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's hard to to fight that temptation, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there's so many different features and functionalities and of course so many 
people are submitting, you know, well-intentioned, but they're submitting a mm -hmm. bunch of ideas like, hey, let's do X, Y, Z, and let's also do A, B, C, and mm -hmm. we have to, mm -hmm. we have to basically have our own roadmap. And oh, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's tricky because it's like, man, that's a really cool idea. I want to go sit down at my computer and do it right now. But yeah, you definitely have to figure out how to prioritize and triage those things, which is tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who knew that in addition to community and knowledge management, you would become a product manager. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's <laughs> unexpected, but yeah, it kind of makes sense yeah. when you think about it. Well, and I think what I love about that is by showing intentionality and it sounds like you know you're really tying this work that you're doing to to key priorities inside of your business and so that way when you're in taking ideas it's not that it's like i didn't hear you but we we have you know finite amount of resources it's like mm -hmm. so let's be pretty thoughtful about how we tie our initiatives inside of community back into initiatives in the business Exactly. And, and, and it's interesting because with our community, our community is not just an online community forum, but it is also our primary support website. And so mm -hmm. it's where all of our customers go for documentation, for downloads, for product advisories, release notes, etc. And so, you know, we find that we are actually working with various uh, folks within the business to make sure that the you know, the CX is there for that. You know, we need to make sure that when customers come in looking for documentation, they can get there in a single click or downloads, they're able to access it and that we, you know, restrict the access accordingly. And, and yeah, it's a, it's, it's something that we definitely have to do a lot of planning for and a lot of collaboration between various teams. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, it sounds like it. And, and I think, um, I always really want to encourage folks as they, they move into community to, to really think about the fact that it, it can be easy to mistake community as just a forum or just a knowledge base, right? But like listening to you talk about it, it is this sort of critical piece of your customer experience that's really really comes to life through cross-functional initiatives. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we were actually very scared to refer to our site as a community for a very long time mm -hmm. for that exact reason, because we would say community and they'd say, oh, well, we don't want to do stuff on the forum. We're talking about publishing right. articles or blog posts. And it's like, no, 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 we do that, too. <laughs> and so, right. it, yeah, right. it took a very long time before we were able to really get that kind of concept drilled into people's heads. And now we, of course, do refer to our community as the community, but people have understood like, okay, the community equals these eight or nine things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, it's, uh, I have these moments of like everything old is new again, right? <laughs> and, and recognizing that, that information and connection and all of these pieces are still in the end, what's most important to people, right? And, and the, yeah. the idea that we have a shared connection around a business need or a tool that we use or something like that. And, and so, so hearing that it took you a little while to get to this place of being able to call it community. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Is, is, uh, I just think a reflection of the, of the sign of the times, I guess the tech is a little bit like, like clothes styles, right? Like they just keep coming back around. And oh back yeah. Around. <laughs> yeah. It's very circular for sure. Um, so, so it's, you know, you have lots and lots of exciting things going on. I'm a big proponent of sometimes the things that don't go like we thought they were going to go could be our best teachers and our best uh, places to figure out what to do next. And I wonder if you would mind sharing with us something that didn't quite go as planned and and, and how you learned from it and, and what you did about it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so I was I was thinking about that as preparing for this uh, this discussion. And I think, honestly, the biggest thing that we've had to learn and relearn is 
there's no such thing as over communicating, especially when you're planning a big mm. launch. And so, you know, community launch is something that it, I mean, it's funny because we've gone through, gosh, I mean, I guess it technically counts as five launches in the last like three years. Just from, wow. And so, yeah, it's like, as you're preparing for that, it's very easy to get tunnel vision and just think, okay, well, my job is to get this site off the ground and everything, but there's mm -hmm. a lot of communication that comes in there, you know, with, and you just, I, one of the biggest things that was difficult for us was identifying all the stakeholders properly. You know, we'd be working through and, you know, working with a certain set of stakeholders, whether they were from, you know, customer support or from uh, the product management team or whoever. And then as we'd be going along, we'd have a team kind of come out of the woodworks and say, hey, so, you know, we're uh, preparing to publish this series of blog posts or whatnot. And we're like, oh, man, we totally forgot about you guys, you know. And so uh, that's kind of what we've learned is, you know, you have to you really have to just make things known through many channels even. So, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's really easy. Like you kind of have to think about, you know, if I just send one big email announcing something, yeah, a lot of people are going to be seeing it, but other people are going to have it filtered into some folder and they may never see it. So what other options do you have to promote things? You know, do you work with management to get it as part of like an all hands announcement or do you, you know, create kind of a, an introductory webinar or a teaser mm -hmm, of some mm -hmm, kind. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we've had to learn because when we did cut over from Jive into Koros, we thought we had communicated sufficiently. But then as mentioned, there were teams that kind of came out and they're like, Hey, where'd this Jive site go? Like, oh. some, you know, they'd be like, man, the site looks totally different. What happened? And we'd be like, did, did you not hear, you know? And so <laughs> that, that would be really hard. Like we'd be like, you know, we'd feel so bad. We're like, we totally thought you were in the know, but uh, apparently not. And so, you know, and it's even more important for customers, you know, you don't want to have mm -hmm. the customers have a really jarring experience. And so that's something that we, you know, certainly learned from last time. And this launch up here, we really tried our best to put out little teasers. And then the more we got closer, we'd put out even FAQs and kind of, you know, introductory blog posts of, hey, this is coming and it's going to be really cool. And, you know, it really seems to help our customers kind of settle in, especially where, you know, a third of our customers were mm -hmm. going to a new community entirely. We really had to work extra hard and say, hey, you're now going to be going to this community, but it's going to be extra cool because it's going to be very specific to your product instead of having a community with three different products mm -hmm. inside of it. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's, it's really easy to forget to communicate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I have a, uh, we have a, an expert in uh, change management in our organization. She's actually certified in change management. And I could just tell you that like, this would make her heart so warm because she, <laughs> when we, when we talk about the places that change inside our own organization or with a customer can fall down and she's like, it always starts with communication. She's like, you can do everything else. Right. But you know, she puts this huge emphasis on the communication plan and trying to put yourself in the shoes of the people that you're communicating to. And, and she, she's right there with you that, that there is, you can't really over communicate, uh, especially in today's world where we all have so much information just coming at us. Uh, so frequently you don't always sure. like grok it the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or you may, you know, you'll skim the email and be like, Oh cool. Yeah. Something, something community, something great. 
but right yeah yeah i'm like like when when do i actually have to understand what you just told me versus knowing that it's happening right and like i'm like okay yeah. when is that on my calendar let me snooze that so it shows back up when i actually care <laughs> uh-huh, exactly <laughs> and and we saw something similar with the user acceptance testing as well like mm. you know we that was our other kind of big mistake we found the first time around was you know we you know knew we had to do user acceptance testing we kind of knew okay hey we need to test case portal we need to test blog posts, et cetera. But then when the time came, we we found that we hadn't prepared as good as we had in terms of finding folks to do the testing, making sure they all had the access they needed, mm-hmm. having the, the testing scripts, for example, of saying, hey, go in, try to create a blog post, you know, find see if you can find the button to do so, see if you you know, et cetera. And so that, that really hurt us the first time around. We, we, Mm -hmm. you know, we made a lot of assumptions and didn't fully test them to the degree that we should have. And yeah, we ran into a lot of roadblocks when we kicked off where things that we assumed were working great weren't. And the main reason was because all of our, most of our testing was as our administrative users, where of course things were working Mm -hmm. because we had admin rights, but you know, what we had failed to do was test more adequately as customer users or as non-logged mm-hmm. in users or et cetera. And so this time around, we, you know, I thankfully can say we really learned from that mistake and made sure that we had various people testing various aspects as different personas. And mm-hmm. it was such a smoother launch by actually having tested that because we found so many red flags that we had no idea about and were able to fix mm. those before going live. Right, right. I think we we forget sometimes about the robustness of the personas and the points of view that get represented yeah. in a community and, and being able to to show up as all of those uh, mm-hmm. takes a lot of intention. And I think especially as communities are more mature like yours, that just only becomes sort of an expanding uh, need. Even if you're not doing whole relaunches, if you're making substantial change to the community oh, or adding a new feature or something, the, the testing piece of it is is one one of the most important because um, otherwise your users are going to be testing for you on your behalf and they're not going to be happy <laughs> exactly yeah when customers <laughs> have to be your beta testers they're right. they're not the most thrilled about that so. yeah we we were, were working recently with a, um, a a new customer and they were talking about like the various testing phases and they said well do we need to do uat if we're going to do beta and we were like Yes, unless you really want your beta customers to be your UAT. And and if that's the relationship you have with those folks, exceptional, but you just need to let them know (laughs) that they're walking (laughs) into something that's not fully formed and and that that's the role that they get to play, Uh, which, you know, in some cases, I think people love doing, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, so as we start to wrap up this conversation, which has been fantastic, um, you know, customer experience is this really interesting space right now. You know, I I think especially as we consider how people want to self-serve, how people want to have information offered to them. I just think that the way that we consider how we interact with a brand seems to be shifting underneath us every single day. And of course it's different depending on the vertical and the brand and things like that. Right. But I, you know, for those folks today who are listening, who are thinking about their customer experience, like what's the best piece of advice you have for actions that people can take right now to start to have an impact on their customer experience? Um, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, honestly, the, uh, 
kind of I, I tend to keep going back to the whole knowledge base concept of mm -hmm. the more we can put out the more content we can put out there in front of our customers to to proactively help them the better off they're going to be because I mean if you think about it no customer you know even ourselves we hate to call a customer support <laughs> line if we don't have to you know if you if your uh you know your internet goes down at your house you're like oh please or you know you're jumping on your yeah. phone and searching on google and saying please let there be a solution so I don't have to sit on yeah. hold for two hours. And you, we know that customers are that way everywhere, you know? And so we also know that customers do most of their searching from search engines like Google or DuckDuckGo. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're not always jumping straight to the communities. And so, you know, that's why we try to make most of our mm -hmm. content publicly accessible. So it is searchable through Google. And, but I mean, honestly, it's just about, it, it's about promotion and making sure there's content that exists there. So the mm -hmm. more we can find content to just really drive people in there. And I mean, especially even like blog posts of, you know, again, I mentioned before, like, you know, promoting cool features that people may not mm -hmm. know about or cool mm -hmm. how to's and tutorials, and then turning to other channels like social, like, you know, on, we love to promote on Twitter, on LinkedIn. And, mm -hmm. you know, and then of course, the more that we get, participants in doing that, you know, creating articles and blog posts and videos that they're proud of, they do the promotion for us, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, one of my, mm -hmm. one of my favorite things to do that just really warms my heart is when I jump onto LinkedIn just to kind of bounce around and spend time. And then I see all these uh, promotion, you know, these uh, posts and I'm like, Hey, that's our site. You know, there's, there's nothing cooler mm -hmm. than being like, somebody just posted something and they're showing it off on LinkedIn and trying to get props for it because it's awesome. And, you know, Hey, the president of our company liked it. You know, it's, it's, it's really cool to see that kind of promotion. And so the more we can get people just really proud of what they're doing and seeing that their own content, no matter how small is making a difference, that just really drives the mm -hmm. usage. And then it goes circular, like you said. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I was speaking with someone the other day about self-service experiences. And we were talking about how you really, those are really successful when you start with the value, what value are you offering to your customers? And when I listen to you talk about that, you know, you're not talking about, um, you know, there, there definitely is a, a value to your organization, but you started with the content, which brings the value to your customers. And then the value to you is extracted from that. And I think it's such an important mindset, right? To start with what matters to your customers first um, Absolutely. as sort of the secret, the secret place to begin. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of ways you could find that info. You know, sometimes it's just, you know, if you, if you're like, if you're working on something and you're like, Hey, this would be cool to document, do it. But uh, on top of that, like, you know, there are metrics that everybody has available to them if they just know where to look. Like one of the best ways that we love getting ideas for knowledge base articles, especially that are product specific, are just running a report of the uh, support cases that have come in Ooh. and try to look for keywords. You know, if we're like, mm -hmm. man, everybody's posting about forgotten passwords, we should probably mm -hmm. write an article about forgotten passwords, you know, and it, and that's been just a goldmine for us as we'll kind of put those together. You know, sometimes when we do have the bandwidth, we'll even put reports together and give them to customer support and say, you know, hey, here are the search terms we're seeing that people are searching for most on the community. You know, let's try and get those out there. And then, you know, mm -hmm. we can kind of try and leverage gamification and whatnot to really promote that and even, mm -hmm. you know, make it a little competitive. But uh, yeah, the, the information's out there and there's so many ways you can find it, but it just kind of comes down to giving people the tools in their hands and saying, go for it. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I feel like that's like the, like, that's such a great piece of advice. Like give people what they need, encourage them to do it and, yeah. and, and let them run with it. Uh, which I think sometimes we, we can overthink a little bit. Right. And it's like, sometimes the simple answers are the easy answers. Um, well, I so appreciate your time today. I feel like I learned a lot and I know that when folks listen to this, they'll learn a lot as well. So thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you. This has been really fun. I appreciate it. Thanks for spending time with us today on Titans of Customer Engagement, a customer experience podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, leave us a review, and spread the word. Your feedback means a lot to us. Continue the conversation on Koros Atlas at community.koros.com. Until next time. The CX world is now digital first. It's what customers expect and Koros can help. Koros is an award-winning customer engagement platform built to turn those siloed interactions with your customer into enterprise value. You can harness the power of human connection across the customer experience. From outbound marketing, social, messaging, chat, and SMS to owned and digital communities. Customer engagement means staying always connected. Find out how customer-first software and services can make you a titan of customer engagement at Koros.com.